progressive, respectful, mentoring, compassionate. These are the values of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. And now we proudly present Palmdale Regional Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Sometimes many of us feel a burning in the chest or throat known as heartburn. If you have these symptoms more often, however, you may have GERD. My guest today is Dr. Jay Pruthi. He's a gastroenterologist and a member of the medical staff at Palmdale Regional Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Pruthi. Tell us a little bit about the difference between heartburn and GERD. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Heartburn or GERD is gastroesophageal reflux disease. It's also called acid reflux. So when we eat food, it goes from the mouth and the esophagus, that's a food pipe, then it goes into the stomach. Now, normally, the stomach has acid. So when that acid or any other contents from the stomach back up in the esophagus, then we call it as an acid reflux disease. And when the acid backs up, it gives the burning sensation in the esophagus, and patients come and they report as a heartburn. So sometimes we don't necessarily feel that heartburn, Dr. Pruthi. Can GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease also be silent? Yes, it could be. Um, Most common symptoms of the acid reflux disease are heartburn, but those um, patients, some patients may not have heartburn. They may just have chest pain or trouble swallowing, or may have raspy voice or sore throat or unexplained cough. And some of them may not have um, you know, any heartburn symptoms. And they may just have the extraesophageal symptoms that we just described. Are there certain risk factors that would contribute and make someone predisposed to suffering from acid reflux? Yes, the risk factors for acid reflux are obesity, overweight, you know, people who are overweight, um, then smoking. Uh, these are the major risk factors, and eating certain fatty, fried foods, um, which release the pressure in the esophageal sphincter, so the acid backs up. So these are the risk factors for the acid reflux disease. If someone does come to you with some of these symptoms that you've described, how do you diagnose it? And are you also checking, if you do endoscopy, are you checking for Barrett's or some complications from undiagnosed GERD? So when the patients um, have heartburn symptoms or other symptoms that we described, which suggest acid reflux disease, they generally go to their uh, primary doctors. Um, now, if they have symptoms less than twice a week, you know, we tell them, okay, this is simple acid reflux disease, and they can take uh, over-the-counter antacids. Now, if the symptoms are more than twice a week, then they need medical attention. They should see the doctor uh, or the provider. The diagnosis for acid reflux is generally by history. If they have acid reflux and, uh, you know, everything uh, fits together, you know, this is um, uh, this reflux. And they take the antacids or acid-reducer medicines over-the-counter, the symptoms come under control, that takes care of it. Now, if the over-the-counter medications um, do not work and the symptoms continue to progress, then we do endoscopy. Endoscopy means you know, the patients have to be, you know, empty stomach overnight. They come to the endoscopy center. 
um, and we make them sleepy and put the camera through the mouth and the esophagus and take a look and see if there is any damage going on in the esophagus from the acid reflux. Now, everybody does not need endoscopy. Now, patients who have some alarm symptoms, like they have difficulty in swallowing, they have anemia, they have some bleeding, or they are losing weight, or they have recurrent vomiting, or they have persistent symptoms despite the treatment, they need endoscopy right away. Now, people who are above 50 years of age, particularly males, and they have chronic reflux symptoms for more than five years, they have symptoms at night time, they have history of hiatal hernia, they have little obesity, bone mar- uh, uh, body mass index is high, they are smokers, they have trunkal abdominal obesity. So those are the people who also should have endoscopy right away. And or people who have atypical reflux symptoms, they should also come for endoscopy. And that gives us a correct diagnosis. Now, when we do endoscopy, we look at the mucosal lining of the esophagus in the distal, in the lower esophagus, and see, you know, what changes are going on. As the acid backs up, it can erode the lining of the esophagus and cause erosions and ulcerations. And the lining can change into Barrett's esophagus lining that you mentioned. Barrett's esophagus lining is a lining of the lower esophagus, which has changed into something different, and that is Barrett's. The significance of Barrett's esophagus is that it increases the risk of esophageal cancer. So that's very important to get a correct diagnosis and develop a treatment plan. So then let's talk about after diagnosis and the first line of defense, and you mentioned over-the-counter medications, but what about prescription medications, some of the proton pump inhibitors? We hear a lot about medications for reflux, Dr. Pruthi. Tell us about some of those. Yes. So the first line, I generally recommend uh, over-the-counter medications, and that works very good. If not, then we give the prescription medications. Those are the uh, H2 receptor blockers like, uh, you know, um, renitidine, um, uh, so, next line is proton pump inhibitor therapy, which are um, omeprazole, esomeprazole, pentoprazole, uh, rabeprazole. Uh, so, these are the medications which we can uh, use to control the acid at a standard dose. Um, we start with the standard dose and see how the uh, effects are. Um, and then, if not, then we can go up at a higher dose and then titrate the dose according to the uh, effects uh, to control the symptoms and heal the erosions or if there is any ulcer or something else going on. Uh, Generally, the duration of the treatment, at least about 8 to 12 weeks. So after that, we'll see if the symptoms are under control. We can taper off these medications, and uh, generally people are good. If not, then we need to uh, give them the medications for a longer period of time. And what can they do at home and lifestyle changes to reduce their risk of having acid reflux and even to help themselves if they are on medication? Yes. Lifestyle modifications are an important part of the uh, management of this reflux disease. First of all, if they're 
overweight, try to lose weight. Then avoid coffee, chocolates, peppermint, fatty foods. These are the foods which lower the esophageal sphincter pressure and the acid backs up. Now, next step is alcohol. If they're, they're drinking alcohol, they can cut back and stop alcohol. Then stop smoking. Then take smaller meals more frequently rather than having a one large big meal. And um, at dinner time, avoid lying down for three hours after eating dinner. So eat your dinner at least three hours before you lie down. And um, if still the symptoms are bothersome, then they can raise the head end of the bed by six to eight inches by putting um, wooden blocks under the head end of the bed. So the whole bed is tilted. Now, some people come and they say, you know, they're using the pillows. But, you know, when we're sleeping, the pillows slide off and those don't work. So raise the head end of the bed um, by six to eight inches with wooden blocks. So that um, uh, helps uh, in, to control the symptoms. And in just the last few minutes, Dr. Pruthi, what should people with GERD be thinking about when they're seeking care? So they are, um, um, they are worried. You know, most people, when they have reflux disease, they are worried what's going to happen, you know, um, whether this is a long-term process, it's going to harm me or cause complications. And everybody hears about Barrett's and esophageal cancer. So, in fact, this um, <clears throat> reflux disease is quite common. We see um, that, uh, you know, prevalence is high and about... <clears throat> Um, three to five percent patients will develop long segment of Barrett's esophagus. Ten to fifteen percent patients may develop short segment of Barrett's esophagus, and those patients need surveillance because the annual cancer incidence in this situation is about 0.1 to three percent. Yeah? And the risk of developing esophageal cancer increases about 30 folds above the general population. The patients have higher you know, body weight, long segmental barriers, vigorous, and older patients. Now, having said that, but absolute risk of developing esophageal cancer in non-dysplastic barriers is still very low. So as long as we can treat them and uh, provide a good management, control their symptoms, and uh, do the endoscopy and uh, keep their symptoms under control, so we're good to go. And why should they come to Palmdale Regional Medical Center for their care? Tell us about your team. We have um, a good team, and uh, we have good equipment, and we have expert staff, and we will provide. We provide, tend to provide, you know, the uh, whatever whatever we can do for them, and help them um, diagnose the disease appropriately, suggest the lifestyle modification, provide them the support, and give them the appropriate um, medications, surveillance treatments, and if we find Barrett's, we have a surveillance protocol. Uh, we bring them back every year for endoscopy and biopsy. And if we detect early cancer in the Barrett's or we detect dysplasia, we have new equipment. We can ablate those segments of Barrett's with radiofrequency ablation. So that equipment we have in Palmdale Hospital, and we have been using it successfully over the last year and we have uh, had good results. So these are all the reasons um, they should come to us and we can take care of them. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Pruthi, for being with us today. It's great information. You're listening to Palmdale Regional Radio. For more information, please visit palmdaleregional.com. That's palmdaleregional.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.